Oh, this is amazing. If the itchiness were out of reach. So I'm not going to accept your answer. Thank you. A pound of dimes or a pound of quarters? That is a weighted blanket over the nap that is your life. Whoa. Would you rather be stuck at the age of 18 or stuck at the age of 50? I believe I hurt your brain, Kurt. Wow, 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 Smart dribble time, everyone. Just want to get your attention. Your co-host, Kurt Schneider. John Ellenthal. Welcome to another episode of Smart Dribble. Today, John, we're going to revisit a topic that we have done in the past. And sometimes we've done this with others and to great fanfare from all of our listeners. So this is one that is sort of effervescent, bubbly. Okay. Stimulating. I also think it's topical. But do you want to tell everybody what the topic is and then I'll explain why I think it's topical? Typical or topical? Topical. Or tropical? It's actually topical and arguably tropical, but it's not typical. This is building on the franchise called This or That. John, it's when we pick two things and we have a little discussion of which one we like better or agree with or whatever. That sounds like fun. Here's why I think it's topical and also tropical. As you know, Kurt, unfortunately, a couple weeks ago, we lost Don Wells, uh, who at the age of 83 passed away. And Don Wells is most well known for having played Marianne on Gilligan's Island. That's where you get the tropical. Uh-huh. Don Wells and Marianne, her character, are part of one of the quintessential this or that. And if you forgive the abject sexism of this for a moment, Ginger or Marianne is an age-old this or that. That's right. So we're dedicating this episode to Marianne, Don Wells, who passed away recently at the age of 83. I loved Gilligan's Island, and I loved Marianne. Me too. Okay. I also loved Ginger, but yes. All right, Kurt. Would you rather be sticky or itchy for the rest of your life? (laughs) No question. I'd rather be sticky. Why? Because itchy sucks. (laughs) And itchy has a compounding cumulative effect. You start off itching just a little bit, and then it gets in your mind that you're itching, and it just keeps growing and growing. And next thing you know, you don't even have a rash, and you're destroying itching everything. I hear you. This is a hard one as I scratch my head as we talk. I think I would probably choose sticky as well, but I hate being sticky. It may come down to what part of your body has to endure the stickiness or the itchiness. If the itchiness were out of reach, that would be particularly maddening and unacceptable. So as much as I hate feeling sticky, and I think one of my greatest fears in life is like having maple syrup or something sticky poured on me where anywhere near wool and then getting caught in a rainstorm, well, that, now we're just going too far. Wow. I don't like sticky, Kurt, but I think... I get that. I don't have a problem with it. Okay. Here's an age-old one, almost as strong as the Marianne and Ginger one. This or that, John, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones? Oh, man, that is a difficult one. I am going to choose, without thinking too hard, the Beatles. 
I do enjoy the Rolling Stones. My first in-person concert was the Rolling Stones at Madison Square Garden Tattoo You Tour. I was somewhere in my mid-teens. It's incredible. But there's something about the Beatles that I find just more of their songs I connect to or remember connecting to. I haven't listened to either one of them in a long time. I'm going to go with the Beatles. You haven't listened to either one of them in a long time? I don't think in a long time. I mean, it's very difficult to, you know, turn Michael Bolton off and all of these more... (laughs) I happened to say Michael Bolton because we watched Office Space last night. And did you ever see it? Uh Uh-huh. And one of the characters' name is Michael Bolton. And Uh it's a source of great irritation and embarrassment and anger on his part. That's why I said Michael Bolton. And no, I don't think I've listened to either one of those bands' music in recent memory. I apologize to you, Kurt. You seem disappointed in me, and I don't like that feeling. I do, because I believe that the Rolling Stones are the greatest band in the history of rock and roll, bar none. They have created the most amazing. They'd have, I would say in the 80s, they were a little off. They went off a little bit. But for 60 years, these guys have been cranking out incredible music that you love. The Beatles, I got to tell you, they're kind of annoying. I think if you come back to them, you like them because, okay, they do have a body of work and what they did and they were seminal and they changed everything. But you're kind of annoying enough already. Stones. I think there's something about the Beatles when we were young and they were just epic that sticks with me. But I may have recommended this to you before, even on the podcast, but it's worth recommending again. There is an extraordinary documentary about backup singers called 20 Feet from Stardom. And there are scenes of an incredible backup singer. I'm very sorry that I've forgotten her name. It's in the movie who does some of those unbelievable vocals at Helter Skelter. And you must watch, if you're a Stones fan or a music fan, if you haven't seen 20 Feet from Stardom, it's an incredible documentary about backup singers. I think backup singers are the coolest thing in the world, especially when they're dancing together and synchronized and synchronicity. Not the police synchronicity, but in synchronicity. Would you rather be four feet tall or eight feet tall? (laughs) Okay. If you do five feet and eight feet or four feet and seven feet, but I see what you did there. I think it would be easier to be short. I, I would. I think that height and being tall is one of those things throughout history that has granted people power and riches and unseen sort of you get imbued with a confidence if you're tall and it's wonderful but eight feet is damn tall and you'd be i saw the documentary on andre the giant that guy was in pain his whole life so i'd go four feet because i could curl up in a bed and i'd still have room for like my dog and stuff yeah i think you're right that height comes with certain attributes however i think like most things it's a sign curve once you get to be too too tall although ed too tall jones was actually not that tall but we digress. I think when you get too tall, it becomes probably a bit of a, an emotional, mental, and physical liability. And I think it's got to be unbelievably difficult to navigate a world that cannot accommodate you. I mean, doorways are not tall enough. You, you can't get in a car without banging your head. All of your clothes must be made bespoke. Your bed, as you pointed out, you would need a custom. Everything needs to be custom. And that's got to really wear on you. So as much as I wouldn't necessarily love being four feet tall, I too would choose short. We had a player on the Harlem Globetrotters, seven foot eight. He could dunk without jumping. Tiny. Paul Sturgis, his real name, he's British. He would, in hotel rooms, often 
cut his head on the sprinkler. Oh God, that's that's just awful. Yes. That is awful. Now you do point out if you want to be very famous, being eight feet tall, and whether you play basketball or do something else, you are going to be a major force. But it's probably not worth the fact that you have to pay a cost in almost every other area of your life. And General Tom Thumb did an amazing job with P.T. Barnum becoming quite a celebrity. He actually got married. He had kids. He was quite the showman in and of himself. What they say, there's a smart dribble listener born every minute. Wait a second. How about this, John? Do you prefer text or call? So I don't know, because that, that's all contextual. Sure it is. Ah, contextual. Very funny. Completely inadvertent. Thank you for noticing that. Good grab. But for certain kind of messages, phone is much more appropriate. And pick one, John. Stop fascinating. I'm going to go with phone call for the simple reason that it's a much richer communication. That being said, the simplicity of text is really compelling for most highly transactional, quick hit kind of communication. But I'm going with voice because it's two humans communicating at the same time in ways that have voice and tone and volume and inflection and other richness. So I'm not going to accept your answer. Thank you. Because I think for you, it is text. You're just trying to show our audience that you're one that's a human to human connection. Yes, because you're, you're basically calling me an automaton. Yes, you're a text and I am phone. I'd much rather a call than a text. You know why? For the very simple reason you pointed this out a couple of episodes ago, both of us have a potential issue in, with just the written word. People don't get our tone. So when we speak, people can get it. And Zoom's even better or in person's better because they can see that I'm clearly taking the piss, as they say in London. Also, another one of our previous episodes. Whoa, this is amazing. Yes, there are certain dangers of asynchronous written communication because the reader supplies the tone and imbues the communication with all sorts of motivations that may or may not have been there. So there's a danger, but that doesn't make them bad. It just, there's no pure good, no pure bad. And it was not a good question on my part. So let's just move on to something more fun. Kurt, this or that, a pound of dimes or a pound of quarters? Ah! A pound of dimes or a pound of quarters? I believe I hurt your brain, Kurt. Oh, man. Well, you know what I would rather do? A pound of dimes. Here's why. It's only less than half of a quarter, but so dimes. Okay. In that case, I will go with quarters and we will both end up with pretty much exactly $20 because a quarter is basically two and a half times the weight of a dime. And it's two and a half times the value of a dime. So I think it's roughly, because there are not partial dimes or partial quarters, it's a little fuzzier, but effectively it's 200 dimes and 80 quarters, both of which equal 20 bucks. I like that. A pint's a pound the world around. My ninth grade earth science teacher taught us that. Now with dimes, you'd have more coins. Yeah, a lot more. So that may or may not be a benefit. I mean, if you were like back in the days of phone booths, that would have been a good thing. Or if you want to take a bath in your money. Would you rather be stuck at the age of 18 or stuck at the age of 50? Oh, man. Well, this gets back to that great quote, right? Which is, youth is wasted on the young. I think that was Mark Twain who said that. I think youth is wasted on the young. 
So if you knew what you could and you'd have the youth of 18 and you had the physical prowess of an 18-year-old, which is far better than a 50-year-old, and if you could know what you know as a 50-year-old but be 18, that would be pretty cool to be stuck. However, if you're 50 and you have all that you've worked for, and so you actually have hopefully some money, you have some sagacity, you have some ability to to function better as a human, and you can be there, boy, now I'll go with 18. I had a hell of a lot of fun when I was 18. Yeah, I guess it's a choice between the physical potency of youth and the idealism of youth versus the wisdom and self-confidence or self-acceptance would be a better way to say that of the age 50. Uh, It's a really difficult choice. I'm sorry that I asked you. (laughs) I'm going to go with 50 because I think the things you come to know about yourself and others and the world brings a richness and a perspective and insight and an opportunity to contribute in ways that I think 18 can be a little bit more self-absorbed. And while don't believe for a moment that we're not self-absorbed at 50 because you and I are, and we're not even 50 anymore. I do think there's less of that when we were 18. And also, I think what you realize at 50 is that the joy of true human connection is better than taking a beer can and smashing it into your head. So there is something to be said about 50. How old was Ponce de Leon when he went after the Fountain of Youth? Well, before I answer that question, I do want to clarify that George Bernard Shaw was indeed the one with the quote about youth being wasted on the young. But Ponce de Leon, how old was he? He couldn't have been that old, right? But he's searching for the for the fountain of youth. So already there's an issue even back then with, okay, I don't want to get old. I don't want to get old. Okay, John, I'm going to ask you a pretty easy question for this or that. Thank you. And you just give me a guttural response. Guttural or a gut? Because guttural is like... <laughs> right. That's why I want a guttural response. <laughs> okay. Cat or dog? I'm suffering from recency bias here. I know you want a quick answer. Wow. I thought this would be a guttural answer. Dog, of course. You keep saying guttural like you mean it. Dog, of course. So, <laughs> you okay? Yeah, that was guttural. I'm going to go with dog. Not as clear cut as oh boy. I'd like to admit. Oh, boy. You're a complicated individual. We have an 11-year-old dog right now, so from a recency standpoint, and there is certainly a recency bias, I'm in a dog phase, and there are so many more things you can do with a dog than with a cat, and the relationship and interaction is so much more. However, cats are so easy to take care of, and we did have cats for a long time. In fact, I had a cat that lived to 19, another that lived to 15, and they were soft, and you you could leave them for a weekend and leave them a bunch of food, and you could not have to worry about it. They're very low maintenance, those cats, but dogs are more. So I'm going to go with dogs. I'm not looking for companionship for equals low maintenance. Okay. I'm just telling you that there is a trade-off. Dogs require a lot of work. You have to go to the supermarket, forget your bags so that you can get plastic bags so that you can scoop their poop. It could be cold and it could be raining when you have to go do that. That's not convenient. You just told me that you'd like to be 50 forever versus 18 forever because of the joy of connection. You can connect with a dog much better than a cat. 
Okay, but I don't need connection across every single thing in my life at all time. It's not all of anything all the time, Kurt. You really think so? Kurt, would you rather be adopted by excellent parents or be raised by your crappy natural parents? (laughs) I would say 100% love over genes. Okay, I think that's actually um, pretty compelling, pretty clear, and pretty concise, Kurt. Yeah, I think excellent parents are probably more important than crappy parents with whom you share a genetic connection. So I'm going to agree. Doesn't make for great TV agreeing, but this is not TV, Kurt. And my kids will probably agree too. (laughs) Still looking for their adoptive father? Yes. Okay, here's an easy one for you. Cake or pie? I'm a pie guy, Kurt. I'm a pie guy, which is not to say I don't like cake, and I don't eat cake or pie all that much, but I think... Apparently, you don't listen to the Stones either. I'm going to go with pie. I think as much as there are some great cakes, like the Carvel birthday cake with ice cream with those little crunchy things in the middle, those brown little chocolatey things, that's delicious. They look like coffee grinds, but I suspect they're not coffee grinds. I think a piece of blueberry pie or apple pie or pumpkin pie or key lime pie I think that's the top skirt. So we're harkening back to a lot of previous episodes. This is wonderful. Our first episode was about the difference or history of pie versus pie, P-I versus P-I-E. I'm not a cake fan at all, but boy, do I love pie. So I'm with you, John. And back to Gilligan's Island and our homage to Don Wells earlier. Coconut cream pie? They always made that for Gilligan. Now, I do not like coconut at all. We know. Not, it is not a big jump. From coconut cream pie to banana cream pie. And that is fine. I love my banana cream pie. Even though I haven't had it, I probably have listened to a Stone song more recently than I've had a slice of banana cream pie. Maybe you could fix that for me, Kurt. How about strawberry rhubarb pie? Don't love it, Kurt. (gasps) I do like strawberry shortcake, though, if I may dip into the cake kingdom. Strawberry shortcake. I think it's also my dad's favorite cake. I love strawberry shortcake. How do you feel about it? Uh, not enough flavor. Oh, gosh. That's like when we were talking about being on airplanes and like a third of your taste buds aren't working. You right. must be experiencing that when you eat cake, even on Earth. I like cake. There's just more flavor to pie. Okay. Form or function, Kurt? <laughs> uh, for anyone that knows me and has ever known me, absolutely form. Absolutely form. <laughs> I don't even know what function is. If it function hit me in the face, I would know what it is. No, I think great design is ultimately an integration of form and function. But I too am taken by how things look, industrial design, architecture, aesthetics. So I think form is a very important part of how you feel about the function of anything. So I think form has a much bigger impact on our takeaway from a thing than, than purely its function, although there are a lot of folks who do not see the need for form and are only focused on function. Sorry right. for those people. No, that's okay. It's just there are a lot of ways up the mountain, but you and I are both definitely form guys. All right, John. I'm ready. Fun? Funny. Fun or funny? Well, that's a difficult one. I first had to think about what that meant, actually. Well, it's actually used as a big descriptor or not party game, but party get to know people better. 
when you ask people about themselves, are you fun or funny? They're both really good things because the result of both is laughter and joy and amusement and entertainment, which is, but I think fun has a little bit more soul to it than funny. Fun, for reasons I don't think I can articulate all that well, seems to have a little bit more depth to it. And I thought for sure you were going to say funny. I think funny is a comment about something, whereas fun is a real thing. Okay. What you got? Well, I think funny is wonderful, but I think fun carries the day. Because if you're having fun, that is a sort of weighted blanket over the nap that is your life. Wow. A weighted blanket over the nap that is your life. That was probably the Mark Twain quote you were looking for. Ah! All right, Kurt, let me give you a choice between this or that, two things that neither one of us will ever have, a live-in chef or a live-in massage therapist. Oh, man. For me, this is an easy one, but let's have you... Let's oh, man. Well, I love massages. I think they're fantastic. What was that song in uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show? Touch, a touch, a touch, a touch me. I just want to be touched. Okay. Not remember that? No. Here's the thing about this question. You can access both readily. So if I had a masseuse at home, I could go out to restaurants, John, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and have chefs, quote unquote, right? If I had a chef at home, I could go out for a massage if I wanted to daily. Here's what I would pick. Final answer, lock it in, chef, because it's a daily thing and I don't want to massage daily. So the song from Rocky Horror was Toucha, Toucha, Touch Me. It was sung by no less than Susan Sarandon in Rocky Horror Picture Show. I would go with a chef too, hands down, didn't have to think that hard. Me neither. I didn't think about it at all. Well, we heard you thinking about it out loud, but I think that is an extraordinary convenience, obviously good for your health as well, to have someone who is much more talented than I will ever be cooking things and much more informed about what works and what doesn't work and what's good for you and what's not, preparing that stuff. And it's vital that they also clean up the dishes. Absolutely. Okay. We have to go soon, but I have one I just thought of. Rogers or Hammerstein? Um, Can I pass? Because I don't know about them individually. I just know about them as Rogers. If you said Gilbert and Sullivan or Rogers and Hammerstein, maybe I'd have an opinion. But they're one thing. Would you like to be the lyricist or the music writer? Uh, so Elton John, the music guy, and Bernie Topin, the lyricist. Correct. I'd rather be the lyricist. Because you're an English major? I like words. I don't know that much about music, so it just feels more me. I mean, I wish I had musical ability and could write beautiful music. I think words, words are the bomb, Kurt. They're both language. They're just different vocabularies or alphabets. Whoa. Mark Twain, right? I think they used horsetail hair for the bows for your violin. And that relates to this or that how? I'm not sure. I just thought it. What's your answer? Lyricist or musician? Hands down, lyricist. All right. I've got one last one for you real quick. And this is not a sexual question, although you're welcome to include that in your analysis. I was thinking about it more persona, but throw in whatever you want to do with them. I, I, I normally do. Mary Tyler Moore or Rhoda? Hands down, Mary Tyler Moore. I would take her idiosyncrasies over the Rhoda, who's 
annoying at the end of the day. And Rhoda would drive me crazy with her whining and her, she's got a rough personality. Mary Tyler Moore, sweet personality, which, and someone I could have more fun with. However, lots of anxiety. I'm a little surprised by your answer because Mary Tyler Moore, lovely, wonderful, hard not to choose here. Her, no she was sweet. Yeah. Innocent. Yeah. Midwestern. Yeah. Conservative. Yeah. Careful. Yeah. Anxious, proper. Yeah. And Rhoda. Rhoda's a New Yorker. I know. She was bigger and more adventurous and more let it happen as it happens persona. Right. And so here's the prize. Well, here's why. Okay. I've spent my life in the New York area with women of all sorts like that. And I think if I were to have a choice, it might be interesting to try something different. Okay. So what if I rephrase it and it was Mary Tyler Moore or Rhoda and Carlton, your doorman? <laughs> Who was the other woman? Phyllis that got a spinoff too. Uh, Phyllis. Horace Leachman. Horace Leachman, right. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. Was it, it was not being offered, by the way. Okay. All right, Kurt. I think we've done this or that part two. Yes. And I suspect there'll be many more parts in the future because it is a fun way to frame a bunch of different. Bunch and I think I would take that, John, because of my FOMO. <laughs> All right, I'll go with this then, just to, so we don't have to fight over it. My FOMO would kick in, and I want that because it, I, I have this, but that could be better. I thought your YOLO would have been the reason you chose Rhoda, but you know, you went a little conservative on me there. In any event, thank you for this. This was fun, Kurt. We hope our listeners have enjoyed. And if they have this or that's of their own, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter or Facebook, LinkedIn. One thing I'd like to do, John, is ask our listeners, if you're enjoying Smart Dribble, tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. Tell your coworkers about it. Tell your kids, teachers about it. Because we like to spread drivel. And the more people that get, <laughs> can listen, the more drivel we can spread. I'd rather spread smart drivel, but because we kind of have to have both to stay true to who we are and our promise. Although, as we like to say, we promise the drivel and we hope for the smart. Kurt and I will be back next week with another brand new episode of Smart Drivel. Until then, we hope your week is filled with smart drivel. I'm John Ellenthal saying goodbye for this week. Kurt Schneider. Ciao, everyone. Bye-bye.